We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to get here but we made it i think i'm gonna post this to the main pod feed too because we had to cancel uh the show yesterday so i think this might be good just to throw up on the yeah. main feed what's up chris what's up chris not much just doing some work uh <laughs> this this app is a lot prettier than the last it time is. i came in here yeah spotify green room looks looks really nice yeah it's pretty cool it's sexy listening- if you're listening to us on the pod feed uh, that we will post this, uh, we do these Spotify green rooms twice a week. It's usually Tiff. Uh, it's usually Tiff, Jack, and I. Uh, like Jack just popped in. Christian, Christian hopped in. Now we talk to our we talk to our listeners. We talk to uh, you know people through the app. We have a lot. Oh, of there's fun. A, there's a chat here too. Cool. There's I guess chat, it's, yeah. Yeah, Android doesn't have it yet, but it says soon supposedly. There you go. Well, the topic of conversation today. And what's up, Jack? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. 
And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. What's up? Um, Jack, the, what we have at hand today is Duncan Robinson. Christian, if you can mute uh, when you're not talking because there's a mm-hmm. loud door hinge. Um, <laughs> That's when, my squeak. It's, it's not like a door hinge. Um, so what's on the what's on the menu today is is Duncan Robinson and um, Tiff. I guess I, I guess I want to start with you because I think you had the most polarizing relationship with Duncan throughout the season. Um, I, I know that you, you kind of some hmm. say polarizing. I say realistic, but it's just all words. It's just all words. Continue. No, but I what I meant was <laughs> I I think that you started off a little lower on him than most people. And right. by the end of the season, I think you gained a respect for him that you didn't have because of his kind of improvements throughout the season. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah, like, <laughs> I look at a guy like like him that, you know, you see the improvements. I think you know the work ethic is there. I right. think he provides one of the most unique skills in that he's an elite shooter off the move. He's not just mm-hmm. a catch-and-shoot guy, although he's a good standstill shooter, but kind of the, the motion shooting that he provides you. Uh, the the internal improvements, the the work on defense, I think it's well documented. Tiff, right. I, I I think that that's going to be, I think that's priority number one for them in terms of what they do in the off season because I think they need to make a decision on him before they can really approach other things. Right. And I think that they sh- I think they should do everything that they can to keep him. I, I think that's a no brainer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what that means really because like within within reason or without reason like there has to be i think i frame a team from the way that i like to see a team i like to see a team where yeah obviously you could say we're playing positionless basketball but if you're going to say your backcourt i like to see a backcourt who both parties can score all three levels who can handle the ball and who can play defense you don't have that right now even including Duncan, you don't have that right now. So, yeah, give him an offer. But if you got the bricks hanging in the wind willing to offer 20-plus, I'm not matching $20 million for Duncan. Like, I just – I don't see why you would do that. This when, might be unfair to ask you, but is there, like, a cap? Like, is there, like, a dollar amount that you say, I just don't think that they should invest there? their resources at that level. I don't, you know what the the problem is, is that I don't really know, like we know they're looking at Kyle Lowry, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's the biggest secret, unkept secret that's been out there. So, you know, they're looking at him. Um, And apparently they're obviously looking at Colin Sexton, right? So 
three very different types of guards if you include guard, uh, Duncan with those two. The idea is that, like, what do you want to put around Bam and Jimmy? How do you want to play? Because I think that's a big determining factor, too. If you're trying to, like, open up the court and get out and run, especially with Bam, then you need to put yourself in a position where you have two guards who can run a fast break. You got two guards who can score in the open court. You got two guards that can even go down and pull up for the three on the break. So you can't just say, we grew this guy, we, we love him, but then still put him in a position to where he's doing DHOs next season and getting $20 million. So, so there's, a, there's a lot that needs to go into that than just well, saying keep him. I actually like what you said because it's it's like how do they want to play next to Jimmy and Bam right. and, and Jack? I want to bring you in on this. I think one what? of the I think huh? Why not happy? question. <laughs> that was very aggressive. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think is interesting about Duncan shooting is so from the corners he's uh, he's about a thirty five percent shooter if you take both corners into account. He's forty uh, percent from the left corner and thirty percent from the right corner. Where he really, really, really kills teams is on the left wing and above the break, where he's a 46% shooter above the break and a 42% shooter on the left wing. And he's a 40% shooter on the right wing. So, like, where, he, where he's his best is where you provide the maximum amount of spacing, which I just think is just so valuable. Because anybody, you know, I mean, you could stick a dude in the corner and get to 40. I mean, the league average from the four corner is 40%, and you take that every time. Where he's special is in those dribble handoffs, right, how they run their offense, in pick and roll, where he can space, in horns, all that stuff. So, like, for me, he is just – he's so unique where he's at his best, where every, where it's, like, most valuable to be your best. As a right. Shooter. No, I, I – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jack. Uh, no, I mean, I just think he's absurdly valuable. I don't know if I'm going to add much, but I, I think it just makes the offseason complicated because I agree with both of y'all. They have to decide a direction for the team. Right. But that gets complicated because that means putting your all your eggs in one basket when, you know, I think we've said before on previous green rooms, maybe on podcasts, that they're not one move away in any – they're multiple moves away, so you have to make a decision for the direction of the team. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're choosing a direction, you have to make sure that that first and second move are going to land, that you don't just right. get like half a move in one direction. Right. And you got kind of just get left in this no man's land where you're a fine team with maybe a little upside and maybe you can make some like moves in the midseason, but you're like, kind of screwed in the short term which is something I'm worried about with you know banking on Lowry um, maybe banking on a Sexton trade and then I don't know you just have to make a decision because obviously Duncan's incredibly valuable mm-hmm. but if you can get a Sexton and a Lowry in one off season obviously may- that's Right, and it makes Duncan up. At that point. Well, and think about it. It makes up for the offense that you would anticipate Duncan could give you. Like yeah. that's all, between those two, 
that's more than what you you would ever get out of Duncan. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, I guess, the the better summation of my point is that um, you'd need to have two moves in play if you're going to make it worth it to just give up Duncan for nothing. Right. Or I right. can sign and trade him in a better right. scenario. But, like, he's so valuable that if you're just getting Lowry, you can't excuse not losing him. But if you're making right. a move for, like, a Lowry and Sexton where it's, like, a one-two punch move – and that's what's got to give, I guess. But I think you should go all in at that point. Like, if you know that you're going to get those guys, especially, like, so if, if you're getting Colin, it's, it's, it's in a trade, so, and he's very cheap, right? So you, you're going to be able to have that, that guy next year at a, at a really low number. You bring in Lowry for whatever he's in, and you sign Duncan over the cap. I mean, it just, it just makes sense. I think you can get far enough away from the hard cap, even if you yeah. use the full MLE and the biannual that I think you're in good shape. So if there's ever a time to go all in, it's like, fuck it. I mean, we know, right. let's get this guy who's a great shooter, who you know is going to put the work in, who's, you know, he's going to be, you know, if he's your worst defender on the floor in a big crunch time lineup. That's really good. That's right. what you want. You but know, that's it's not ideal. He's going to get hunted by power wings. Right. The line, the but, but, but that is find the worst defender right. on the floor at any given point. They're going to get right. But the idea would be like, and also at some point you have to say, if you are keeping him, he has to be the worst defender on the court. You exactly. can't, you like, you can't have anyone worse than him on the court. Because if you do, then that means you didn't have a successful offseason. Yeah, agreed. Like, that's literally, that's literally what that means. So for me, Listen, if they want to keep him and they pay him, you better have you better not bring in a Colin Sexton to play next to him. That's not going to work. Because he does because he can't run an offense. So, these are the little things that you have to think about. Like you got to go all in on Kyle Lowry if you're bringing Duncan back. Because you need someone to get Duncan the ball in better positions than just the handoffs. So let's let's think about this as well. So what I said. I have, I have a question. I don't know if you guys already addressed it. What's your what's your number you balk at? I'm balking at twenty. I don't really know if I can think of a number. Um, I'm saying I don't Joe Harris got eighteen got eighteen point five a year. And I don't I, really want to give up eighteen point six. Let me so. tell you something. I think. But it, I think it's also they, contextual, though, because it's fine to pay Joe Harris eighteen point five, which I think is what G's point is. If you have Kevin Durant, right? But Lowry we don't. Exactly, that's my but point. Like, that's my. Oh, point. but they're going to notice if they don't. So if they don't renounce his rights, and but he he's a restricted free agent, so they can match. So they're going to have all right. the time in the world to decide. You know what 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 game they're going to play, and I think the the Lowry stuff's going to happen early because that will. I mean, I, I think that 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 stuff's going to get sorted out. I think pretty quickly, and that's usually how free agency works, right? The biggest domino falls, right. and then everything else follows. So they'll be able to kind of have an idea on what to do with Duncan. So the, I, I don't think that kind of pressure is going to be on them. I'm I'm not going to lie. If they get a guy like Kyle, and if they get somebody else. I'm not like above 22 if I think that they can win a title. 
Who's and the, I'll tell you but why. that's but who's the someone else? Because then I you, it could you, be Colin. It could be you know. I, I don't know. I'm oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know. No, 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 Who would be at the four position in that right. situation? Because if like, it's like an Ariza, then you use like, you're you're not, at that point at the four. At that point, you have the MLE to to get a guy right. You you use your yeah. you use your mid level. If what they bring in Batum, who's you, did you very well for the Clippers, you Colin and Duncan on the court together. You want to start Batum in the Clippers? The, the, I mean, Clippers, I like the Clippers. No, I don't know if this is the where, solution yeah. as a front court mate for Bam. In but the there's not really that, like a lot like, of options right now. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying though. I think that's what Tiff's saying too. Is that right. you have to like address that position? I think before that, and I know Duncan's so valuable, but. Like they do need to figure out a good front court mate for Bam. No that matter might what be they Tyler. And they don't have that right now. So, you know, not not to like that could be what Tyler's for. You can maybe package Tyler and something for a power forward somewhere else. Now, Precious is now shooting threes with Team Nigeria. Mike Brown with the Eric Spolstra oh, slander the other day. Right. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. Uh, although Jack said Precious is untouchable because he did the "you're not that guy, you're not that guy, pal" on KD <laughs> on Twitter. So. In all seriousness, I think my point on Precious is obviously he's very, very touchable. Um, any player on the Heat that's not named Bam or Jimmy um, is right. attainable. But I do think like if Precious starts consistently hitting any level of threes in the Olympics, you have you to probably consider to try to save him. At least yeah. until the deadline, so he can raise his value more. Because if he if he has half a season of shooting okay from three, he instantly becomes like three times as valuable as a prospect. Right. I mean, because right. and if he could play with Bam any number of yeah. minutes, you can throw together a, a real hellscape of defensive lineup. For I mean, good fucking luck. Like, you right. Know, you can switch one through five and be totally okay with that. <laughs> And it just makes it, your life easy. Is it crazy to say that he has an easier path towards high trade value than Tyler Hero does? No. It, no, it yeah, you're sense. wrong. No, no. I, I disagree with no, you. No, I'm not saying he has a higher trade value or even ever you're will. Saying but what I'm path. saying is it's way easier to sell people yeah. on Precious's future than Tyler's future. I disagree um, because... Just the nature of their physical, like, their right. measurables. Like, if Tyler plays like he did... Ceiling. If Tyler plays like he did in January, December, I, I just think that I don't see that. That's just, that's valuable. I don't. I think I agree with Jack really because if Precious comes, if Precious, let's say Precious goes into like six games, right? They both go into, into, into the same amount of games. And Precious goes in, they both play 15 minutes. In 15 minutes, if Precious gives you seven points, six rebounds, and a block or whatever. And then Tyler, because he's a shooter, is up and down for six games. Everybody's going to want that big. That's huh? literally... He's like switchy. He's like I a mean, switchy it, defender. He, at yep. least he has that potential. And then if he's shooting at all, obviously this is purely hypothetical. Right now, Tyler's the better player. Right. But I, just I being a margin, shooter though. by any chance, kind of, if you're a shooter, at any moment, you're not a shooter. But if you're but a if shooter, you, you, teams are going to roll the dice on you more than a big. I feel like you're not, I, I don't you're know not, about you're, a switchy defender. Right. Like if, if Tyler's a defensive liability and he's not creating space on a jump shot, I mean, you do have the shooting. People are always going to 
trade for a shooter. But if you have like a 21 year old big man who is flashing the potential of a jumper and is showing that he can get maybe guard like some twos, some threes, and some fours, then I feel like that's. I, I, I get what you're saying. Prospect. Obviously, I, I get what you're saying too. Though. The the shooting because, does create like a certain floor of value that's hard to hard to ignore. I think the other thing is is that like because they play like opposite positions, right? Center point guard or center like small guard. Teams that those are like very opposite needs for teams, right? So a team like Sacramento, for example, might be in the market. You know, they already have their their guard set up. They might be in the market for a big because you know they have a lot of question marks with their starting center going forward, right? So a guy like Precious might be more attractive to a team like the Kings, whereas, you know, maybe a team like the Lakers or somebody else who might need a little bit of guard help or might need a little bit of guard depth might be like, you know, we can really think Tyler can really help us the Clippers, right? Stuff like that. Like teams like that might right. want. So I, I think it, it depends, but I, I, I don't disagree with what you guys are saying, like as but, a premise. All right. So let's let's just play devil's advocate. What's your scenario if neither one of them are attractive to anybody? Um, I mean, I, I think you're okay keeping them. I mean, I think Tyler has to go at some point next season. Well, it's not about you're okay keeping them. What's the next move? Because you're not – you can't run this exact same team back. So if you're getting lowballed on trade offers and blah, 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 what do you do now with the limited cap space that you have? Well, What's, I think that – so like they have they have avenues if they, if those guys aren't like really movable this offseason and they want to hold on to the deadline they can they can get a four they can get a guy to start at the four uh in with the with the exception whether I know that Leif threw out the name Bobby Portis uh, nope. on five on the floor the other day which is just like pretty gross to me I'm really out on Bobby but you know Bobby um, Otto Porter. You know, Batum. There, there are guys that they can get, they, they, and they can do that. They can bring back a guy like Ariza to come off the bench. You know, you bring back Deadman, who is really solid for you. You know, you bring back Duncan, and then you hit on one of those free agents, whether it be Lowry, whether it be Sexton, whether it be John Collins, who the Heat were linked to recently, right? So you just kind of make moves like that, and then you don't come back. You can kind of revamp the starting lineup a little bit, right? You keep Duncan, Bam, Jimmy, and then you bring in a guy you know, with your free agency and then another guy with your exception. So you replace two of the three in your starting lineup. And maybe it's not like the best thing in the world, but like that, the organization has to give something that's palatable to the fan base. All right. Like, I don't know. It's just like, they just, <laughs> I don't really have a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I mean, last off season, you know, they, they were really trying for Gallo. And that would have been really, really fucking good for them. I mean, you saw him bullying small dudes. Right. Could you imagine if they had a guy? I know that he wasn't healthy this year, but in the playoffs, I think, I think you saw like his value. Like when you when teams switch, and we know how Miami did against switches. You know, a guy that could just take a dude into the to the pain chamber Mm -hmm. uh, with his size and, and his IQ. So it's tough. I don't. They have, I think, the most interesting off season in the NBA um, coming up because they have so much variance to be, like, absolutely strike out and bring back a team that was just total fucking disappointment. You're such a homer, Gianni. What, you don't think that? You don't think that they – because The mean, Warriors have, have by second. far the most interesting summer. Who? Yeah. The, the Warriors. Warriors. The Warriors? But the Warriors don't really have, like, cap space and stuff. 
Uh, but they have assets, they have though. super valuable like, assets that they can turn for a real star to pair with Seth and Clay. That's way more interesting. But like, I would put the Mavericks because the Mavs have real cap space and like a superstar. Yeah, place. True, and they got to figure out what to do with with Luca. Yeah, and Miami because Miami's gonna have real cap space, a super two stars in place, and they made the finals. And like I said, they can if they got Lowry, Collins, and like a serviceable like. Three four would that surprise you? That's a fucking home run. I think the Cavs off season is pretty interesting. Yeah, but like, they're bad. Like, <laughs> no, but it, they're not poorly managed right now. They just they won the. Oh, like, yeah, they I know. won that trade last year. They added a really good young big. They are in position to get another really really good young guard. They have a pretty valuable asset um, in Colin Sexton that they're probably going to move. And then they have a Coro, and they and Garland's. I mean, Garland's there. That doesn't really have anything to do with the offseason. But like how they build around Gar- Garland and Allen, and if they can unload the love contract, there's a lot there. And if they nail it, they're in incredible position for the next five years. The Sixers also have an incredibly uh, interesting offseason with one big choice in particular. Joel um, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and I think that that I, makes- also. I just love how how we just let people just lie, man. What was it? Wasn't it the Sixers saying like like a week or two ago? Oh, we're not going to trade Ben Simmons. Now Shams comes out today is like they're trading right. Ben Simmons. It's like well, we yeah. Well, you know, we didn't believe it. Well, because like <laughs> Doc kind of ruined the whole thing, right? Because after yep. after the like he Doc just fucking threw. The stars of the bus, and it's not. I mean, the, the Sixers are paying Doc a lot of money. So they're not going to fire him after year one. I mean, that's a lot of money to throw down the toilet to hire another coach when you're trying to win right now. So you know, Doc just fucking. I mean, I'm pretty sure that everyone already knew that they were going to be out on Simmons, but Doc just fucking made that public, <laughs> and you just right. give Maury nothing to work with. Well, it's also kind of like, you know, what's the common denominator in this in this scenario? Like, you can't keep changing coaches. So at some point, it, it's, you know, you got to look at the players and say, this isn't working. How many more coaches are they going to hire before they figure out this combination of players doesn't work? Adam Bora in the chat saying, remember Shams, James Harden is committed to saying in Houston two weeks later, Shams, here's a list of teams. Yeah, Shams <laughs> is uh, a... Yeah. This, this, this stuff changes, this stuff changes on a dime. Um, it 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 really careens and and like this is an interesting kind of just off season in general because it's going to be finals and then a week later or a couple of days later you have the draft right so that's already teams are going to be trading and shuffling and moving and then after that it's like free agency a week later right so it's like boom boom right. boom and everything's going to happen so quickly and there's a lot of pieces like Kemba Walker. It's probably going to get moved somewhere this offseason. As long as it's not the Heat, I don't care where he goes. I don't think the Heat are going to be in on that. You know, obviously, CJ McCollum is going to be a guy that's going to be in a lot of trade talks. Ben Simmons is going to be in trade talks. You know, there's teams, there's young teams like, you know, the Cavs, the Kings, that are going to try to get in to, like, a playoff spot. Who knows what they want to do. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of teams, like, a lot to work for. In a short amount of time, and that really usually creates a frenzy. So I'm just, I'm just like super excited for this. There's gonna be a lot of, 
lot of a lot of big players are in trade talks right now, and a lot of like, even though there's not a huge free agency class, I mean, we still don't know what Kawhi's gonna do. I mean, who the fuck ever knows what Kawhi's gonna do? I doubt I, he leaves, but right. I also just kind of think um, it's so funny because like I I personally like I I, I I'm I'm in or out on Kawhi. Like I don't really. At this point, I just think he's so physically downtrodden that he should stay right where he is. I think he's staying. I don't think that there's a question. He's just going to. And, and and to offer him a max deal at this point as another team, I think that would be ludicrous. I mean, I would in a second. I mean, he's, you know, when he's right, he's but that's the, the problem. top three player in the sport. Yeah, but that's the problem. He can't stay right when you need him to be right, which is the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like so. For example, no, there's no. But you mean like that's how you get the championship? You no, win but hold the on. playoffs. Anthony Davis was a guy who was never healthy, and his one healthy run, they won a title. I mean, that's what it takes. You know, you just need one CP3. Never healthy in the playoffs. It just takes one healthy run, and you make. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think you rolled the dice on that, and I think you, you know you're the heat. You could talk yourself into our training stuff and culture and blah blah blah. <laughs> you can't. You can't culture the veins. They, you but they all culture, think they can. You can't culture knees. If they're shot, they're shot. Like sometimes it's okay to say he might be a free agent, but there are better options. Sometimes there's two that'll be better than just attaining the one. Like, sometimes you have to think a little bit outside the box instead of falling into the trap that I need this main name to get us where we need to go. That dude is not healthy. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, I would have said the same about CP and look at him now. So, I mean, it's... I told you to get CP. He didn't listen to me. But he's another guy who's always hurt. You know what I mean? But that, so... but that was one where if he, I kept saying, he needs rest. And look at what happened to him with rest. But why does Kawhi not need? Why does CP need rest? Because and not Kawhi? there's a difference. Because rest doesn't heal things that are degenerative. Like the if you, yes, rest won't heal that. That's right. Like that's just what it is. So you got to take. So that's a guy that where you, your whole team has to be really good to make up for the fact that he's going to miss a ton of games, and then he may not even play in the playoffs. That's right. I mean, I, I, I would roll the dice, and like I said, like what Toronto did and all that, but I, I understand the, the concerns, and I certainly had my concerns about other players who are always hurt, so I, I can't I can't say, I can't sit here and be a hypocrite <laughs> and be like, well, just, you know what I mean? But, I mean, he's, he's really good. Going back, to the, um, going back to the top with, with, with Duncan, because I, I feel like it got away from us a little bit. I I mean, he was the, the, the talks about New York's interested – we're, we're funny, of course, because I mean, who wouldn't be interested in, you know, maybe the best shooter in the league outside of Clay, outside of Steph, uh, that's, that was healthy last last season. Just the vault. I mean, even even I mean, Jack. Last year he was Duncan Robinson was a down. It was a down year for Duncan compared to the year before, and he put up monster numbers on monster attempts. And I think post All Star break, he had the most threes on the best percentages outside of Steph Curry in the league. Right, like that's who he is. He shot forty percent. Like, remember when everybody was freaking out about how bad a year he was having, you was shooting 39.2% on, like, eight attempts. And that was a slump. It was, like, a legitimate slump in his career, and he still shot 39.2%. Why is he not hitting everything? (laughs) And he's improved a lot. I mean, he's improved a lot as a pick-and-roll handler. He's 
obviously you've mentioned he's not just like a stand-up knockdown shooter. He's a great motion shooter. He's improved a lot defensively. At the rim, yeah. he's like automatic. Yeah, because the only looks he takes are the ones that he's going to make. But, I mean, right. just the fact that he's able to get <laughs> No, hold on, wait a second. That's not fair. No, Because no, he, he's a, he has touch totally around the fair. basket. I'm not discrediting. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, no, he has more than, like, than your average shooter, for sure. Like, he's a better – he's better at doing that than most shooters, which makes him a lot more valuable. I will say but that when Tyler's not backdoor cutting like him. Like, Tyler's like, not getting Kyrie Irving, like, but like, he's not but like, there's an example on the team of another dude who's a motion shooter. Who that guy's not getting wide open layups. He just doesn't. Duncan gets him way more frequently because Duncan's a way better mover, a way smarter cutter. Just knows yeah. how to leverage his shooting more. Like that's a part of it. He's a lot better than Tyler Hero. You won't get an argument out of me. Like he's. He's just a better player, and that's not an insult to Tyler. Right, um, it's true. He picks his spots. I mean, Duncan's is never going to be a guy who's, like, consistently doing that. But, like, just the fact that he can do that a couple times a game, you know, just gives him that much more room for operating beyond the arc. Um, but, Duncan played yeah, every game last season. He's a pretty complete player. Um, obviously... The defense is never going to be stellar, but I would say, yeah, it's serviceable enough where if you're if he's not the worst defensive player, if he's the worst defensive player on the floor, you're in really good shape. Um, There's only a couple matchups where I think it's like a big deal that he's – because, you know, if he's not a guard, it's not like he's going to get put into pick and roll, you know, ten times a game, right? You, you stuff him at the three, you hide him somewhere. I mean, really, you know, LeBron, Kawhi, you know, if Siakam's good – Tatum, those are the matchups where you worry about, like, and, and even a guy like Tatum and Siakam, they're not, like, really good at, like, hunting guys and, and pick and roll, like, you know, LeBron is or whatever, so I, it's not... Oh, that's it's, the complicated part of that choice, though, right? Where it's like, yep. you, that's, like, you can have him, but if you're having him at the expense of a four, yeah. it's kind of like a gift of a, the Magi situation, where it's like, you're getting something and creating a weakness by getting right. like by getting exactly. Duncan, I wanna, you just I wanna ask that much more. That's right, a good point. Right. Christian, are you there? Christian's not there. I would I have really liked his take, his take on this. I, I'll, I'll ask you guys. No, I'm here. What's Christian. up? <laughs> so, I wanted, so, you know, Jack, Jack brought up a point. It's like, you know, do you bring Duncan back at the expense of, like, a four? And, like, their offense clearly labored this season. They got nothing at the rim. And outside of Duncan, their shooting was really poop. And, you know... I don't really know how they replenish the shooting, you know, enough. And I think getting rid of Duncan, you, you kind of, to solve another issue, it's like you, you plug one hole, but you take your hand away from the other. And I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how you feel about that. Because I, I think maintaining shooting on this team, especially with Jimmy and Bam not being three-point shooters, I think is like an absurd priority. Yeah, no, I agree. Um I mean, for me, like, I've thought about this a fair amount. Um, There's two big issues with this team, at least how it was constructed last year. And they're, they can't defend a guard worth a lick. And if you play Bam at the five, which it seems like clearly that's what they want to do, you're just getting abused on the boards, both offensively and defensively. So you've got to, you've got to solve one of those problems. Mm -hmm. So like, 
I, I actually don't care which one it is, as long as you try to address one of those problems completely, which is why it's either prioritize investing in a big that you can play with BAM that will help you shore up those rebounding issues, hence you know all the rumors about John Collins right now, or you go the other route and you focus on shoring up that point of attack defense, and right. for me, you go after somebody like Cal Lowry. Right. See, and I agree with you, Christian, because I think if you, like for me, thinking about BAM, if you can get a Kyle Lowry, at least that can keep BAM from having to switch all the time, which means he can stay home a little bit more. He can get more rebounds. He can play, you know, a little bit more uh, defense underneath. You know, he can help with the stops going to the rim. But if you don't get anybody to shore up that defense at the point of attack, he's going to be out there switched on everyone, and you're just going to get roasted at the basket. Exactly. That's that's the big issue is that, like, there's nothing wrong with, by design, switching and taking advantage of somebody like Bam. But if you're going to play like that intentionally, you're intentionally leaving the boards unattended. I don't think – and, that, and, and that's something that repeatedly bit the heat in the ass. I don't think you want to the reason Bam didn't deserve defensive player of the year um, is just that, like, defensive scheme. It's not his fault, but the overstretching is a legitimate problem. And that, like, was their only go-to. Again, not necessarily Bam's fault. Maybe you could use better judgment here and there. But, like, you were forced into that because of lack of personnel. So, for me, if they – I mean, I think – Ideally, you want to switch Bam, but not onto guards at this because that's what really compromise. Because at that point, you get your smallest guy on the biggest guy. So if you if you can really if you're able to mitigate your switches one through four, or I, I, I'm sorry, like two through five, I, I think that that's a lot better for Bam. Like if you just keep him off the guards in general, or you just only like switch him on. Because I mean, you want him on a bigger wing. Like if you can switch him on to Tatum, if you can switch him on to 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 LeBron, I'm just thinking of guys in the conference like Siakam, like guys like like those that'll give your guards like fits under under the basket. I think you take that, right? You want him, you want size on those kinds of players. And I think if it's guards, you know, you really if you're switching them on to Kemba Walker, if you're switching them on to to you know any all those other guys, like I don't I don't think that's what you want. I think you want a guard that can stay in front, and then you keep Bam switching onto wings where you really create advantages where he can be stronger than those guys and be bigger than those guys and he could like keep up with them in terms of foot speed, I think that's where you're able to maximize him. I think you just have to, like Jack said, by necessity switch him onto guards. I mean, it's, it's just unideal because then you just compromise the rest of your team. Because like last year, they were just an average rebounding team. And I think as long as you're an average rebounding team and, and they, were like a, they were a bit better of an offensive rebound. This year, they were like the worst offensive rebounding team in the league. Last year, they at least you know, put up a fight. Uh, so I, I think they need to be a little more active on that end. I think Deadman's going to help that, especially in the non-band minutes, um, really just keep possessions alive, especially with Jimmy. Uh, I, and I think Lowry's a really good rebounder on, on the offensive glass and on the defensive glass. He's just historically been a dude that just gets into it, is really physical under the basket, good box. And by the way, the Heat led the league in box outs last season. I mean, even though they were shitty at rebounding, uh, at least they tried. <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> It's true. You just got to show up and try. I it's, it's it's small, but it's but you know it's so funny because like they got multiple holes to fill, and it's kind of like 
you know, I think everybody would be happy if, like, they kept Duncan, obviously, at, like, a reasonable amount and didn't, like, compromise other positions. But, like, they have – it's 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 easy for us to say we want them, we don't want them, pay them the $20 million, don't. But there's so many – there's so many variables to this that it's like, it's not easy. And I'm sure they're probably struggling with the idea of what to do. Just like we're having this random conversation about it. They can't get too cute because they've gotten cute in the past and it's fucked them over. And I also understand that when they handed out a bunch of long-term deals to veterans that they thought would be good, it it really blew up in their face and the lack of flexibility to lock them into an eight seed for four fucking years. I understand why they got so skittish on giving years to guys. And I think people were overly hard on them because, and like I said, Jay Crowder's not Deion Waiters and James Johnson and Kelly Olenek, right? Like, he's just a different fucking dude. But I understand why they were skittish about giving long-term deals to people when they were just burned in the worst way possible. To deals that, by the way, are not bad. Like, Deion Waiters for $11 million is not, like, a bad deal, right? Like, it's it's James Johnson for twelve is not like a horrible oh my god what are you doing right it's just the Gianni Dion Waiters like left the NBA it right. was no but hold on at the time Christian at the I mean at the time it wasn't like oh my god Dion for tw-. I mean you know what I mean it's it wasn't like this outrageous thing it's not like they were giving a no nah, man they, they got they got high on their own support no they did they absolutely it was, got high. In a they void, their own none shit. of the deals are team shattering but it grouped up any two of them are really horrible and they signed more than two of them and they're um, I, about giving years because of that and i understand is what i'm saying i think they can't get too cute with the Duncan thing but i also understand why they felt why they don't why they don't want to give a lot of money to a to a guy who you know maybe you know you just have a two-year sample on him you know what I mean? you know what i mean well can i ask a, a question that kind of maybe is not not directly Duncan related, but will I think color how how we position ourselves on it? Mm-hmm. Just assuming they do not get traded or moved in any way, like what would be the percentages, respectively, like the odds that Precious and or um, KZ are significant rotation level NBA fours next year? How who um, KZ and who? KZ, I wanted, I want the odds for KZ and the odds for Precious. I'll go first. I think KZ were at less than ten percent, and I think Precious were at a good sixty to seventy percent. I think he'll play. How good? Like when you say you think he'll play, like a solid double digit minutes guy. I think he'll give you. I mean, it, it depends on on who they bring back. I, I do think that they'll play a three-headed center monster to start the season with Bam, Deadman, and Precious, and then they'll kind of go from, you know, Bam will take up the, the lion's share. They'll probably keep Deadman on some sort of minutes, you know, re, you know fucking load management thing because he's old, and uh, they'll they'll give Precious, and then those back-to-backs, especially Bam with the knee tendonitis. You know, we don't know. I mean, really, we don't really know what's going to go on with him and how many rest days he'll need. So I do think he'll be a factor. I think he'll average double-digit minutes. Um, he'll probably get some DMPs along the way because, you know, young players are going to struggle and we know how Eric is. But I do think that he'll be like a significant rotation player. And I do think at least by the time playoffs roll around, it's going to be a, a legitimate question on, well, who should be getting these backup big minutes? Should it be Precious mm. or should it be Dwayne? 
I think oh. if uh, my question puts him at the four, though. Right, Not right. As yeah, as the four because. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll be a good enough shooter to be able to justify that. I think if KZ actually could, if he just shot a little bit better, he'd get more. I think he'd get more minutes than Precious. Just because they just need a, they need a wing. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. he literally, if he could just, I, you know, I don't, I just. I, I don't know, you know, what he's been doing with his shot. It looked a little better the other night, but if he had some consistency with his shot, he'd get ten minutes, maybe a little bit more a night, just he's, because what he brings on the defensive end, what we saw him do the other night, he that kid has it. But there's just something that happens on the offensive end where I don't know if it's moving too fast for him, which is at this point. If it's still moving too fast, then that's a whole nother issue. Tiff, I think it's funny because he's simultaneously a good and bad defender. It's quite incredible. Yeah. He's not the most aware player. It, he it, just that's has the thing. What he does well on defense, he does really well. And what he does bad, boy, does he do bad. Yeah. And, but I mean, that's the same thing on offense where he's just kind of lost, I think. No, on offense, he's, like, super but, lost. Like. But you have to admit, if, you, if, if you're being honest with yourself, it's mental glitches because he has all the tools to be a great defender. He has and every, an offensive player. Yes. He has every tool to be a great defender. He has all the tools to be a decent offensive player, but def, uh, offensive player, but defense, he has the tools to be great. He just spaces out and it's just like you don't know what happened to him. I mean, I I don't I don't know if he'll ever get it. I mean, He's not like I, I don't. I mean, he's young, but he's not that young, right? He's, but so I, I don't. I don't know. I, I like him. I'm a. I'm a fan of his, and I. I think that they'll give him run, and he'll get. He'll get chances. He will get chances. I don't really know. I, I think that though they're just gonna go with a veteran in that spot. That's kind of how they work. Jack, what are you doing? Going on. Um, <laughs> I I wanted to hear Tim's opinion on uh, Precious, though. On Precious? Um, on, like, his... You, what do you see from You know what? The fact that, like, he can shoot the ball, which I didn't really know if he could shoot or not, but it looks like he can shoot. <laughs> I, I think you gotta... You gotta... At least, like, in the summer league, you if. He's still around. You got to put him out there at the four, and you've got to let him take that jump shot. Like you've got to, you've got to let him be a little bit more free on offense around that fifteen foot mark and see what he has. Like he's more than obviously just a rim runner. So you got to change the schemes up to see if you can get, if you can squeeze all this blood from this orange that you can. Because you're going to have to do the same thing with Bam, depending on who you bring in. Yeah, and on the Bam point, I just think his career kind of... Bam doesn't need to shoot to be a really, really, really good NBA player. Um, no. It's obviously a, a luxury, and it's really nice, and it's going to take him to an even higher level. But I think Precious needs it way more than Bam yeah. ever has because Precious doesn't have the strength, I think, to bang down low consistently no. and play center competently. 
outside of spot minutes here and there. So I think really if he can get any jump shot going, that means, you know, he can be a really, really, really nice switchable four who can play center in some small ball lineups. Right, I don't think he has right. the strength that Dan has. He's not. He's not a center. He's not. Like, at some point, we can't. you can't force people to be what they naturally aren't. He doesn't – he got bigger, but he doesn't have the strength to, to take that abuse. But it looks like he does have the ability to shoot that shot, run the floor, block shots. I think you need ball. more ball skills to play for today. I don't – I think it's – he, he kind of reminds me of like – don't really know what he has, though. He hasn't I, had the full opportunity as like a, a G League game or something for us to sit back and like fairly evaluate him. Well, we'll like, you don't need we'll, if you're playing next to Bam, though. Like, then Bam, right? I think it no, yeah, I, I think if you're playing next to a center like Bam. I mean, you're going to be, I mean, he's not going to, his minutes are not going to be stapled to Bam, right? So, I mean, he needs to, and I don't know. I just would, I mean, what, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I, he, you know, Jack, you might actually agree with this. He, he kind of reminds me of like the Michael Beasley of four fives, correct? Because Michael Beasley was like, is he a three? Is he a four? He was kind of in between eras of like, whoa, who plays power forward? Who plays small forward? He's not like the quickest dude, you know, but he has more of a game of a wing, but he also has the size. He's a little slow. And I think Precious is kind of the, that version. But as a center slash power forward, not like he was like small forward, power forward. I'd agree with that. I think that makes sense. Bees was like kind of a tweener physically, where he could. Yeah. I think really also like at, you know, like you you know, the same like leeway you're willing to give everybody else. You also got to give Precious that leeway and say you didn't have the. Sp- this is what we got right now because. He basically did what they told him to do this season. So yep. we don't really know what's in his bag. We don't Mike really Brown said know. It. Right. But that's what I'm saying. So let's afford him the same leeway we give everybody else and say we don't know what he is. We st- But that's why that's why I said like he's for sure going to be an impact player for them cuz I, I mean there is a talent there that I think we all recognize even if at times he looked unplayable. It was a weird season especially for right. the but I, I, I believe in him. I, I have. I, I've said it a lot. And I, Listen, if they keep him, we all have to believe in him. <laughs> we better. Right, because you're going to need him to produce at some point. So it's like, you know, it, it, it's like, yeah, you, you, you want them to go out and make these moves and do all these things. But, like, some of the, some of the ideas that we have, they're going to fall short. They're never going to be able to live up to what we want. So we hope it all just fits together. They need to emulsify what they need from an X's and O's standpoint and what they need from an attitude standpoint because mm-hmm. I do think that they lack a little bit of edge. Jimmy is really the only guy on the team that has visible and like like you feel the edge on Jimmy and everybody else doesn't have that. Bam is just not wired that way. And I think Jay helped them a lot in that sense. Jay has that in him. And I think we saw when the Heat have been their most successful, they, there's a lot of dudes with edge. And I think in the NBA, we see it now with, with CP and all these guys. Like it, it helps to have guys that bring that because basketball is a physical sport, right? And you need that physicality, that, that nastiness, that mean, and I, especially for the Heat, who are like a defense first team, 
you're going to need that, right? And you, 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 I don't know. I, I think they have to find the right blend of guys that have that attitude, that have that edge, that have that intensity, but also that fit what they want to do schematically, that fits their yeah. positional and situational needs, whether that be, you know, the, their point guard deficiencies on defense, the way that they run their offense. And I think that there's a skeleton here of a really good team. And I think for, you know, for as much as we've talked about them, they're a year removed from a finals run. And we may be talking about a year removed from a title run. If Bam and Gogi don't go down, we are talking about a team that has a young superstar locked up in Bam or in an extension and a guy in Jimmy Butler, who is went at his best, a top 10 player in the NBA and heck can literally like play toe to toe with LeBron fucking James. We saw that. It's not that long ago. So they have those two guys in place and they have a coach that I think we all think is either the best in the NBA or certainly one of the three best. That's not a bad that's not a bad point to be at. They just need to hit and but and a really good scouting department that has been absolutely fucking lights out since LeBron left. Right. And no, they've got good bones. They have good bones. They just gotta hit in the margins, and that's where they used to hit, and that's where they haven't hit this season. And I, I think if they just make a couple of the right moves, make a couple of the right decisions, bring a couple of the right character guys, I really, really think that we're gonna be singing a completely different tune. And I just, I don't think they're gonna be like a regular season juggernaut. They're not gonna be like Utah, right? They're not gonna be like the Clippers. I, I just don't think that they're gonna have that marathon in them. But I think that they're a group of sprinters. And I think that if you get them to the playoffs at a reasonable seed with good health, that's where you want to be. They're not going to try to win 65 games. That's not, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. I just don't see them as a regular season juggernaut. But what I do see them as is a really fucking good team that can have a really good record against above 500 teams and a team that you don't want to play in the playoffs and they're going to have all the right guys. And that's how I kind of see them like they're high end next season. Yeah, That's I mean, really you've got two. You've got two superstars. You know, say what you want to say about either one, but they are. Um, I mean, Bam and Gabe Vincent are just cornerstones. I completely I mean, agree with you. Don't don't mess around. Gabe said he was tweaking his shot last year. We'll see Listen, what happens. Don't you guys ta- You guys talked about. Casey Akpala, you did not mention Gabe Vincent. Who we were talking about the four position. We're talking about the four. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I am all season. I kept saying Gabe has something in him. Siobhan kept saying Gabe has something in him. Let's see what happens. I think it's probably more likely that Gabe gives them good minutes. At a guard position, at a backup guard position, which is is fine. Casey gives them. Good minutes out of the four position. Oh, I think Gabe I would, is closer. Uh, oh no, I, I'm Gabe, 100% with you that Gabe will give them more valuable minutes. No, if I'm they with get you. a real starting point guard, and if Gabe can give them legit, legit backup one minutes, because Gabe's also a guy that's not going to get fucking hunted, right? It's not nope. like I, I always use the example of DJ Augustine in those Heat Pacer series where they literally could not afford to sit George Hill because the second that DJ Augustine came on the court, it was a turnover bonanza and the Heat were like, it's Shark Week right now. It was fucking Shark Week out there with LeBron and Wade and all those guys. So, like, you could put Gabe out there and he could survive defensively. And if he can shoot the ball at, like, a decent clip, I'm not even saying 40%. If he can get to 
you know, on, on, on reasonable attempts. I mean, Tyler becomes so fucking expendable. So expendable. If you get a starting point guard and if Gabe can reliably give you those minutes, and I think that you can trade him and it not hurt so bad, and you can really address the position of need. Um, that's a lot, man. This, I'm telling you, th- th- we're going to have a fun summer because there's so many fun things to talk about. And, like, we've been doing these locker rooms where they haven't played in, like, two months. But there's always shit to talk about. They're always in the news. Um, we did not get the calls today. I'm so sorry. Uh, let's, let's get a couple in real quick before we head out. What's up, Sean? What's up, Philly Heat? Legend? First time, long time, G. I'm a big fan of your pixel artwork. Thank you for having me on. What about my monkey NFTs? And you're b- both exactly. I didn't want to take too much time, you know, complimenting you because that's not part of the show. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, you know, when you guys were talking about Duncan, let's say that we have to match on the high end, 18 and a half, 20 million, something like that. If you could make a condition that, okay, Duncan, we're going to give you 18 and a half or we're going to give you 20 to match, what is the one thing you would say, okay, Duncan, you have to come back with this now in your skill set, whether it's, uh, I think it's probably off the dribble, you know, pull-ups, one-two dribble pull-ups or floaters. Uh, defense, what was the, what would be the one thing you have to guarantee that he comes back with in order for him to get that money? B-plus level passer for me. Uh, I would say defense. I think he's a pretty good passer already. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he can improve that skill to, like, a from, like, a C, a B-minus or to a, to a B-plus, I think for me that, that would go along. Like, I think that's a reasonable thing to ask of him that I think he can get to, and that would just really change their outlook a ton. So, uh, <laughs> someone, I, I was about to cut you off because I wanted to go first, and uh, the chat already had my joke when you said, what are you going to come back with? I was going to say, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Listen, Duncan, you cool as you are, but you got to come back with a real point guard. Like, you can't have, you can't be rocking with 18 million and you next to none on the court. If or they bring uh, he's got to come no. back with that. <laughs> exactly. He got to come back with buns. If you don't come back with buns, then this ain't working. Because we're not doing DHOs this year, son. Like, you, we're going to be playing some real basketball. We're not just doing DHOs so you can run and, like, have nothing left for the fourth quarter. Absolutely not. Things are changing. So, as long as we got Kyle Lowry or a real point guard, I don't care what they pay him if they want to keep him. I will I will say something, Tiff. Kyle loves running DHOs, so I don't think the DHO offense will leave. What I do think will change is as that As long as it's be, not Bam, 100%. No, it'll, it'll be with Bam, uh, and that'll <laughs> – Like, I can't watch it anymore. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll be bad with Kyle because Kyle's a legit threat to get to the rim and to pull up. So I mean, Phoenix runs a ton of DHO too. Like, and it's, it's, it's like a, I mean, they'll run a lot more pick and roll because they'll just have like a guy that can actually run pick and roll, unlike you know Kendrick Nunn who just is shoot is fishing for a pull up. So they'll run more pick and roll, but there will be. I mean, I, I think that their dribble handoff offense will stay. I think it'll be, it'll be different, and there'll be more variations in it. But I do think that that's going to be like their base. I do think that that's going to be like what they want to run. You know, that's going to be their pet action. Uh, Jack, what you what, what do you have to uh, to Sean's question? Jack Alfonso, <laughs> we've lost Jack Christian. Okay, 
Well, we're moving on. Uh, next caller. Uh, we're gonna get through. Wait, 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 it was about. It was about what Duncan needs to do to get paid that money. Yeah. Well, like if you can come back with one skill, like what would you want him to come back with? No, I said it before. Dump truck. I don't know if that's. A- okay. That, listen, I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. Let's 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 blast through this. Jabari, how are you, sir? What's up, Jabari? Can you hear us? Hey, what's up? Yeah. Here, here's my question. My question: What do you think is the Odds that um, Bam and Precious play ten minutes or more a game together. Ooh, probably probably pretty low. I don't know. I think that just that's not how Eric wants to play, and I don't think Precious is gonna have enough shooting. I think even if he comes as like a thirty three percent shooter, that's really really good. I just don't really think that that's enough that you can play with Bam. Right. They need a bit. I think eventually that might be the goal for them, like long term. But you know it's. With development, I think that you got to be patient. If if I mean, yeah, Precious needs a lot of more work. But if Precious is getting fifteen minutes plus next to Bam, we failed. Or or we <laughs> we really succeeded. I was gonna say I don't know. Mike Brown just opened Pandora's box. Right. No, I mean. But I'm saying if it's not the the Mike Brown pressure. If they win a championship, if it's regular pressure, they have to send Mike Brown a ring. Yes, (laughs) but if it's regular pressure, not this new pressure. If it's old pressure, then we failed. Yeah. Well, I want to touch on something Tim said earlier when we talked about pressure. So first of all, like. I think it's likely, or not, maybe not likely, but I think it's perfectly within the realm of reason that he's more like this Nigeria version than he is like any version of his rookie version because I think, I think you compared him to Michael Beasley earlier. I think he's more like Josh Richardson, honestly, where he has some like kind of inchoate, not fully developed skills that could get there and could change the type of player archetype that he's allowed to be. But where Josh had the benefit of a full training camp where Spo could figure that out about him, and then the benefit of the G League to develop that in a safe space, Precious just kind of had to play like a perfectly utilitarian Mm -hmm. role on the Heat. They were in a win-now position. He just needed to make good plays, kind of out of position, just fill a hole like plug a hole on the ship, like, and this, so I, I do think we might see an entirely different Precious just in terms of what kind of player he is at all next year, because I don't think Spo had a good handle on what he was dealing with, and that's not his fault, it's just purely a consequence of what the season was. Hard for the summer league. Yeah. Hey, remember that Precious only been playing basketball for how many years, five years now? That means he has, that's a lot of space to develop me when you think about it. That's true. That That's true. Hey, Jabari, yeah. thanks as always for the question. All right, let's get through these last two and get out of here. All right, Twisted, be quick. We have, we're, on, we're on a time crunch. First time, long time. Just wondering if Precious continues his development, just backpacking off that. And we get to a trade deadline, and we have three centers – and we're looking at Deadman and Precious. Is Precious playing his way into a trade piece, or is Deadman allowing himself to become one as Precious ascends? 
Um, I would say that they're going to try to move as many young players as they can because that's just how they've always operated. And if they can get a big fish, they will uh, they will trade the young ones. Just, just I'm not saying that that's what they should do, but I'm just saying that that's how they've always operated. Huh? Bams. Five bams, yeah, five bams, exactly. Five bams. And did and also before I go, did they sell Namdi a lie? Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's like honestly, like thanks for that, <laughs> thanks for it. <laughs> um, that's low key like one of Brian's best tweets. Even though we were all mad at him at the time for tweeting it, it's become very funny. And the response right. that Leif hit him with, that's a dumbass tweet. And we all like, you know what, Leif's kind of right. It is a dumbass tweet, but now it's funny. <laughs> I love it. It's great. All right. Last one. We have uh, Ben. What's up, Ben? Hi. First time, long time. Uh, just really quickly, uh, how do you think LeBron James' new Fortnite skin impacts his legacy? I saw that. Did he actually do that? Or was that like an artist that like – I thought that was like a fan artist that did that. Did LeBron actually – is LeBron actually in Fortnite? LeBron is actually in Fortnite, yes. That's, in, that's actually like kind of fucking insane. Can I ask another LeBron question? Because I don't have an answer for them. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Tiff, do you know what Fortnite uh, is? No, I don't. It's a game. It's a video game where you... This, this um, is exactly the response Hold on, I was thinking. Tiff, I'm going to send you... So, it's at the end of day, a couple of years ago... Bam, it's a, I didn't oh, know it's what, a Discord? Okay. I, I didn't know what Fortnite was. And I asked Bam Adebayo to explain it to me because Bam was a fan of, of, of Fortnite and Bam played Fortnite. And Bam explained to me at Media Day what Fortnite was. And I will, I will, I should probably post that clip on the timeline because it's really funny. What are you going to say, Jack? Okay. But, so LeBron's been in a lot of commercials for the new Space Jam. And I don't think I'm the only one getting this vibe that clearly his favorite Looney Tune is Granny, which to me is some, like... That's fucked up to me. How is that your favorite Looney Tune? <laughs> that's a bad take if that's true. If LeBron's yeah. favorite Looney Tune is Granny, that's... It's just that's listen. the one he's hanging out with the most. And it's like, you're not <laughs> hanging out with Buds or Daffy? With Speedy Gonzalez even... and Granny? Nope. Those are like two of the worst Looney Tunes. Well, Tweety is my favorite, so I don't I, really... I I've got I haven't even I... seen Tweety in the movie. I got it, and I'm not watching that movie. No Tweety, no no watch. Is Tweety not in it? Tweety's in it. Tweety's in it, but Tweety's he's in the trailers. Tweety has not been heavily promoted. Um, no, they as much as Granny, Tweety. which is exactly. Granny's just a yeah, person. No, got a, that's that's white mediocrity at its finest. I mean, that's that's what it is. Human mediocrity as well. It's like Granny's <laughs> just the sideshow for Tweety. Like Granny's not right. a character. Right. It's like if they give the role player the starting the starting role. I didn't need to bring Speedy Gonzalez back. They didn't, you know what? Nobody was begging you know, for Speedy Jack, Gonzalez to come back. It's an allegory for Alex Caruso stealing all the all Anthony Davis's uh, spotlight. <laughs> I think that's what's going on. If Bam and Jimmy were Looney Tunes, which Looney Tunes would they be? If they were Looney Tunes? They were Looney Tunes. Oh, man. I can't uh, name, like, more than five Looney Tunes, so I, I'm not the one to ask. <laughs> I get them confused with the other ones, with the, uh, with Disney characters. They're all, like, kind of, they all kind of mesh to me. Mm, like, no, I'm like, is Donald a Disney character, or is he a Looney Tune? I'm, I'm, I'm... 
You brought the show to a screeching halt. And I think yes. that's on you. I, I think it's a good thing to – it's food for thought. It's not meant to, you know, get an immediate response. You, you literally made on it. You should meditate on it. You should ponder. Spend a couple days in the woods just ruminating on what Looney Tune Jimmy Butler is. I think he's probably um, maybe like a Duck Dodgers type. So not even technically a main Looney Tune, but it's like a version of Daffy where he's a spaceman as well. That's just this... my idea. And then, you know, maybe he's also Bugs Bunny, you know, Bugs Bunny at the bat playing all the positions. That's kind of what he looks like in the finals they... last year. Jimmy and Bam do kind of have, they do kind of have like a Bugs and Daffy type relationship with like the commercials and stuff. And Spo is Elmer Fudd. Uh, <laughs> where's and where's? Thank you for coming to this. Where's Brass to take us out? Take me out, Brass. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy-five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over thirty-five, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than three hundred enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.